This is the Henry's Child Podcast. Am I crazy or am I just raving? Hello, fellow humans, and welcome to episode 80 of the Am I Crazy or Am I Just Raving podcast. Today's podcast is with Jason Allen Kripe. Jason is one of the co-founders of the Guitars Under the Stars music festival that is held in Lebanon. And you may recall that Henry's Child's actually played there twice. In this episode, Jason gets really super personal and tells us about how the festival has evolved from a very small core to what it is today and how really he is an alchemist. He really turns personal tragedy into a very public triumph. And you'll hear that. You'll hear this consistent thread in his language about being observant and flexible. And really, that's references to looking at the comments and looking at the feedback that he sees online and that he hears from other people at the festival, and then turning that into something that works for the festival itself. Really, at this point, Guitars Under the Stars is its own living and breathing entity that now offers all kinds of different stuff. You know, the high school comes out and supports it. There's music camps for teens and even music production, as well as uh, the guitars, bass, and vocal camps that they had offered. Jason also talks about three new street fairs that he's going to run this summer. There is a sort of a rock one where Henry's Child is going to be headlining on the 17th of June. There is a country one uh, the next month, and then the following month there's a blues one. So he'll give details in here and... um, Yeah, it's a really great conversation with Jason Allen Kripe. Enjoy our talk. Jason, thanks for coming down and uh, jumping on the podcast with us. Uh, Today I have Jason Allen Kripe with me today. Thank you. He is the, uh, let's see, the the genius behind Guts. Oh boy. And he runs Cafe Rock, which Henry's Child and Seven Second Circle just played. Uh, This is a really cool little club down in uh, Lebanon. Over in Lebanon, I should say, yep, depending yep. on where you're coming from. But uh, yeah, man, I just thought it'd be cool to have you on and talk about your story and hear I how hear it. how it all uh, all came about. It actually started because a friend of mine was doing a fundraiser, um, so I was not really actively involved in music. Um, I mean, I've always been a fan. You know, I I had the hit parader posters that I would yank out of the magazine yes. and stuck on my wall, oh, you know, all the Motley Crue and all that kind of stuff when I was a kid, you know, so obviously I was really into it, you know, Yeah. but uh, it, it started with a friend doing a fundraiser for, for their family. They were trying to recreate a situation that was a good situation for their kid, but they didn't have the money to do it again. And um, I think, I don't know, everybody knows Zach Rowe. You know, yeah, so they, no, were, doing, they were doing sure. the Rockin' for Ashton event. Oh, cool. And yeah. um, I remember hearing about that and reaching out to Zach because they were they were talking about doing a raffle. And I had just been volunteering for a nonprofit. And we had started looking into starting a nonprofit of our own to help kids. And I remember, you know, you can get, get in a little bit of trouble doing a raffle if you're not. It's It's kind of illegal, right? And so I was like, you know, I don't know. Most people probably won't care, but Murphy's Law says, you know. So I reached out to him and started asking some questions. And turned out that Ashton had had uh, therapy sessions at Mighty Oaks Therapy uh, Center in Albany. And I had a relationship with them. So they were more than willing to umbrella the fundraiser. And uh, it worked out really well. 
they were trying to raise thirty five hundred bucks. Ended up raising fifty two hundred. Um, so they wow, got to, uh, yeah, that's cool. so, they, so very effective. Yeah. Yeah. So not only did they hit their goal and they were able to go take that trip and recreate the situ- situation for their kid that they were trying to, which was beneficial, but Mighty Oaks also got a check, um, which was helpful for them as well. Oh yeah. So, cool. At the event, I ran into Ed to shred, which is Jeff Gilbert. Uh, I hadn't seen him since we were teenagers in Lebanon. And I remember back then when we were teenagers thinking, Best guitar player I'd ever seen live, you know, like, oh my God, this wow. guy. He was like 17, you know, at the time. So here we are. We, I run into him years later, and he had won the Dean International Search Competition in honor of Dimebag Daryl after Dime was murdered. You know, right. Dean Guitars was looking for the next shredder. And so he was like, So you, you helped put together all this stuff for the Rockin' for Ashton thing? We got this other event. And uh, he was referring to the Sio Music Festival. So that was 2012. So we did uh, Sound Music Fest. I, I came on board with those guys and helped them organize that and uh, use some of my same skills. I, I, I knew a lot of people in the area. My MO has always kind of been to operate kind of like Red from Shawshank Redemption, you know. I don't have any actual money, but I can trade, and I, and I know people who... I'll do a favor for you. Now you owe me and then someone will call me and they need something and I'll call you and you take care of them. Now that person owes me a favor. So when the next person calls, I help them. And you know, what do I get out of it? Well, I get, I get to take care of the next person that calls. Right. Right. And, and so it's kind of developed into a situation where, you know, I know a guy, right. And it almost doesn't matter what your, what your needs are. I know a guy. You know, so you're the Winston Wolf of kind of, yeah, kind of, you know, so, so we did the Silo Festival. Um, I used my ability to bring together relationships and, and help those guys get a little structure. And then, uh, Jeff used his, his graphic art skills and web design skills to make it look, you know, fantastic. And we had about 1500 people show up that first time, you know, which is a great turnout. It's pretty small. Oh yeah. Small, small. Wow. The city freaked out because uh, they had no idea that many people were going to show up in that small of a town. I mean, what, maybe 150 people live in the town, like 10 times the population. Wow, show up. No, yeah. No, I'm not sure if that's the actual population, but it's a very small town, right? I'm probably exaggerating. People are tweeting right now right. how incorrect you are. <laughs> how incorrect I am, yes. So, and then uh, we we did go to the city and say, hey, you know, we want this to be something good for SIO. And so they, they allowed us to do it again. And um, after the second one, oddly enough, the I in from my viewpoint, the the benefactor that that received the most was the gross, local grocery store. They sold out of everything that weekend, and they complained oh, the most. Like we had to restock everything. <laughs> High quality <laughs> or, problem, people, or something. You know, it's like yeah, you also get to go to Hawaii this year. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, so so we. Uh, Got some feedback from the city that, hey, as great as this was and there weren't no issues, we're not going to support continuing something of this size because our town's just too small, was the feedback that they gave. So we started looking at what else could we do, you know? So that's where we ended up looking around the state to find a venue to continue doing an event of that type, right? Jeff's heart was in the guitar world, you know, the being Ed to shred, you know, instrumental guitar guy known in the Steve Vai kind of uh, fold, you know. And so that's what we were 
trying to emulate and uh oddly enough a comment came in on youtube because we were trying to think okay well what what's the next step we maybe maybe do a cd or got to do something to show the dean people that you know you, you're not just a one-off going to win this competition and then we're not going to do anything right so a comment comes in on the youtube channel what's steve Vai really like you know asking ed Oh, because and, Ed had met Steve I or well, something? Well, the assumption was, well, you're a guitar hero. He's a guitar hero. Don't you guys just know each other? I never... Right. I never... So sure. so we're like, we're like, you know, of course, as soon as the question comes in, we're like, how the hell do we know what he's like? You know? But then it hit us. Oh, okay. So the perception is it's like the Hall of Guitar Heroes. Like it's, like it's the super friends, right? And you got Wonder Woman and Batman and all of them, Aquaman all hanging out together, right? So in their mind... Eddie Van Halen's there and Steve I comes, you know, in and out, you know, who's, who's making coffee or what, you know, like, but it's not like that, but that led us to, well, okay, let's just go ahead and build a guitar festival. We'll get some known commodity guitar guys on there, put Ed on the bill. Once he gets on stage, no one's going to doubt it. The dude throws down. And so that was the idea, right? How do we, So guilty by association, let's build a show and, and put you right in there, right? That first year we ended up, uh, <laughs> great idea, by the way. But that first year, I think we had about 5,000 bucks rock ash and this great idea and his web skills and guitar playing skills and my salesmanship. So we set out on, okay, well, what can we actually do? What's realistic? Well, we're probably going to only be able to pull off a one-day show. So we booked Floater. And we booked Ty Curtis and uh, we put Ed on the bill and we announced that's about all we could do. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then, and then we booked Tony McAlpine cause that was the, the one guitar hero guy we had access to. Right. Well, he was the one of the Varney so, shredders. Yeah. So yeah. that was, those are the Shrapnel. first, those are the first guys that we announced. Right. And, uh, build a website, made it look fantastic. You know, this is going to be guitars and the stars, this fantastic show and, uh, phone rings. So he, he ends up setting up my cell phone to a 800 number on the website. So it just rings my number and, uh, it's Larry Mitchell, two-time Grammy winner. Hey, I'd love to play your show. looks like you got this cool guitar thing going on. I'm, I'm open that date. So I call Jeff and he's like, I know who that is. Like that guy back in the eighties, he was on guitar player magazine cover as much as Captain Crunch was on the cereal box. Like, right. You know, wow. like yeah. was, was a comment that was made and I was like, Oh really? I, I wasn't as familiar. So, you know, we reached back out and get him on the bill. And, uh, what he was asking for was an amount that we had. We're like, okay, we could do, we could actually do that. You know? So we get him on and next thing, you know, well, Hey, my buddy, Travis Larson, who represents Electra voice and, Ernie Ball, he's he's coming through the area as well. Oh, well, you know, so we talked to Travis, and oh, what he was asking was reasonable. And so Jeff starts joking around, well, I wonder who's going to call next, you know. A few days later, hey, this is Gary Hoey. And I <laughs> thought it was Jeff messing with me, you know. And I'm like, dude, I don't have time for this. I don't remember what I was in the middle of. No, this is Gary Hoey. He starts telling me all his accolades. And I'm like, I know who Gary Hoey is. I've been listening to that dude since I was 19. He's like, no, I'm going to send you an email. So he sends me, oh, it is. Holy crap, this is Gary Hoey. Right? So he wants <laughs> and to you thought that show. was Jeff Messenger. I, I, yeah, after the first couple of calls that we got, right? Sure. So we're like, well, God, I called Jeff. I'm like, well, maybe we should be two days now. 
we'll headline floater the one night we'll headline gary the next you oh, know? Yeah. There so you go. we we reach back out to the the park and hey we want to oh yeah we can do that you know listen we'll just give you the whole weekend you know okay cool so now we're two days and gary hoey on the bill you know hey, he was discovered by ozzy osborne like we're thinking you know we're all big you know like we had just landed journey or something um <laughs> in our in our minds right yeah you know? yeah oh, so, of course so we start promoting and and filling in the bill with all the all the best northwest stuff we can get our hands on and next thing you know gary calls back and he's like you know I did all the lead parts for Lita Ford's comeback album and helped her write some of that stuff. She's coming from Rock in the Rivers in Montana where she's headlining one of their stages there. She's available for Sunday if you guys are interested. And so next thing you know, we're a three-day festival headlined by Lita Ford on her comeback tour with a book and a movie out about the runaways and all that stuff. And, you know, so oh, we're right, yeah. so we tied right into all that and got some attention off of that, and we had a good crowd turnout that year. You know, the the event ended up being about 163k, and we started out with five grand. You know, wow. So we ended wow. up uh, borrowing from a, an investor to to help us bridge the gap at the end of the show, and uh, the rest of it we raised, you know, and sponsors, and wow. we only did about 19k in ticket sales. So just me and Jeff, we were prolific that year on a theoretical event that had never happened, raised over 100K in sponsors, you know. That originally was in Sio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the original guys that were out there in Sio with us, just to be clear, that partnership dissolved, you know, and it was just me and Jeff oh, that okay. moved on. You oh, know? I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah so would this, this was uh, not associated with the guys that we did that original event with. Those guys are great. We're still friends with all those guys. Cool. Um, that property is still fantastic. We... We still go out there and hang out with John, the owner and stuff. He's a cool guy. But this is, it became its own thing. Uh, Guitars and the Stars just kind of became its own thing. The next year, we uh, we brought it back and uh, we had POD. Um, oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. POD, man, in the 90s, God, they had a ton of hits. I mean, Boom, I think, is a, a staple. Everybody right. knows that song. Yep. It was, wasn't it the WWE theme song at one point or something, I think? I think so, yeah. Uh, it was in that movie with Kevin James, I know. But anyway, they had a yeah, ton, yeah. ton, ton of hits, right? Uh, five-time Grammy winner Robert Cray, Los Lonely Boys. That second year was a good show, too. So what but, are we up to? Is this 2013, then? <coughs> no, this is... So 2014 was the first Guts. 20, 2014 so, was the first... Oh, first yeah. First Guts. So we did 2012 and 2013 with Sio. Okay. And then 2013, or 2014 and 15 were the first two years of Guts. And uh, right after the second show, um, we actually got contacted by the Bite and Brew of Salem. And they wanted us to book for them. Hey, you guys seem to know what you're doing. You know, and me and Jeff looked over our shoulder. Who, us? Like, (laughs) oh, yeah, we'll come meet you, you know. And so we're, um, I'm sitting there at like 8.15 in the morning downtown Salem, you know, two blocks from my meeting at 8.30. And a gal hits me doing about 55 in a Jeep Wrangler. She didn't even, yeah, didn't even touch her brakes. She was texting her boss to let him know she would be late again, in her words. You know, all I can mm. think of is, you know, set your alarm just a little earlier, honey. You know? Right. So anyway, right. she plows into me. Um, my car went. I was in a stick shift, you know, so I'm in neutral. My car went 200 feet before it came to a stop. You oh, know, she hit me so dude. hard. So ended up in the hospital, you know, titanium and screws in my lower back. And I had to figure out how to walk again and stand up straight and all that stuff. 
So that was, you know, 2016. Get back on my feet, mostly, about 70% recovered, and got the bug up my butt again. Okay, we're going to bring the show back, you know, because we missed that year. I mean, I almost got murdered, (laughs) basically, you know. So now I'm up in Vancouver and uh, getting ready for the to bring the show back for 2017. I shit you not, I'm sitting at a red light and a guy hits me doing about 45, texting and driving. This time he's in a low rider, so his car goes underneath me, you know, which drive my head up and then really far back, you know. So my my neck blew out and six screws and some titanium in the top of my spine. So no show 2017. Is it hard for you to fly? It's hard for me to do anything. <laughs> it's hard for me to stand up in the mornings. Um, wow. no, no joke. That was tw- yeah, yeah. 2017. Was the, the second accident. Was the second accident. Oh so here we are 2023 now. And yeah. the, today was a difficult morning. Oh, Yesterday was that, a difficult man. morning. So yeah, that's hard. No, it's every day. It's uh, about three hours worth every day of. And there's some days where I'm better and some days I'm worse. Some days by midday I'm I'm walking okay and. I had an episode last December where, you know, this years later, and I had an episode last December where my left leg just quit working for almost a month. I was on crutches, then a cane, and then back oh, to geez. walking again. Yikes. So it's uh, it's an ongoing recovery, I'm air quoting. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. it's it's kind of just the way you are after that. So yeah. anyway, um, doom and gloom aside, brought the show back in 2018. Light the torch, um, unleash the archers. That was a fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. That year was fantastic. Great show. You know Howard Jones from Killswitch and his new band Light the Torch out, and they had, unfortunately, they had only dropped as a band literally like a couple weeks before the the festival. So we had to do a little educating and people know this is Howard from Killswitch. You know, and this is his new stuff. Yeah. You know, but we had a great turnout for that as well. Um, then we brought the show back again the next year with Liliac. And uh, what a success story they are. I love that family, by the way. Florin has done such a wonderful job with those kids. Um, you know, him and his wife are... Uh, yeah, they rock the house, dude. Man, yeah. what a great family. I, I, I don't have enough wonderful things to say about them. When we first... When they first came across my desk, I saw a video. They were doing Iron Maiden the Trooper. And I think, you know... <sighs> I want to say the youngest was like nine or something, you know, and they just destroyed Whoa. it. I mean, just <laughs> absolutely destroyed it, you know. And so I hit him up and I, I get Florin on the phone and he said, well, yeah, we know about Guitars and Stars. You guys had Lita Ford. It turns out they were from Lake Oswego originally. So they had actually heard. Wait, Liliac was from Lake yeah, Oswego originally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they moved down to California okay. and they were doing shows down on the pier. So he said, well, we get, you know, a couple grand to do shows on the pier. If if you want to match that, we would love to come play your show because it would be a good opportunity for us. And I was like, perfect. It would be good for us too because we're trying to, you know, we're we're trying to push the next generation of, of musicians, right? It started with the idea of uplifting Jeff, right, as a musician. And right, originally, yeah. Originally, mm-hmm. and then that translated to me seeing and realizing what an impact the show could have for others, other up and comers. Right. Um, and the community and tourism and, you know, just giving families something good to do, you know, something that they could look forward to. Right. There was all those benefits. So we, br- we bring Liliac out and 
I think they had about 16,000 followers on Facebook at the time. Oh, okay. They're, they're, they're pushing up on a million now. It's, it's, oh, wow. it's nine, yeah. uh, right around 900,000. Last time I looked, it was high eights and pushing up on nine. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we looked again and it's up over nine again mm-hmm. so, okay. you know, at this point. Yeah, so they got they so, some traction. Even back then, that first year we had them out, 2019, um, Florin shot some video of their show that night. And uh, the next morning, he said, hey, I'm going to post this on YouTube. He's all, come back in an hour, and I bet I got 10,000 views. I came back about 45 minutes later, and he had about 13,000 views on that. Wow. Yeah. In like 45 minutes. Like, <laughs> I mean, what band wouldn't want that? That's highly right? effective. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, no, what totally. band wouldn't want that, right? So we, so those were those were good outcomes those years. You know, it was still a growth period, you know, through all those years I was still investing in the show. I was able to use, fortunately and unfortunately, I had funds that came in from those accidents. That oh. that's what brought the show back. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have some big mystery investor, and you know, Coors Light didn't come in and save the day with some two hundred k sponsorship or something. You know, no, that was my you know masseuse money. <laughs> right, right. So we bring the show back those two years, and and I thought it was you know the right move you know it definitely was then of course covid hit so that puts us two years on two years off two years on two years off and then we bring it back last year and uh man the state didn't open up until april so we had 90 days that's right like the official the official okay okay, you're allowed now other events and i'm not going to name any of them in oregon went ahead and went the summer before even Oh, sure. And I was like, and people were getting on me like, well, they're doing it. I'm like, yeah, well, they <laughs> they aren't me that have every penny of my life invested. And if I get sued, I'm destroyed. So, yeah, no, I can't just go bucking the law and the closures and the. Nothing wrong I'm with not, playing it safe. No, I, no. I just I wasn't a multimillion dollar entity that could just flex. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So we missed two years, and then we brought it back with 90 days notice. Now, behind the scenes, about six months out, I saw that the state was going to open, and I was pretty confident it was going to. So I started spending money, and I started you know, working with a guy that it turned out not to be the greatest relationship. Um, he did a little over-promising and um, put, oh. together, put together a ridiculous lineup for me. But if I was working for a show and didn't tell them how much I was agreeing to with people, I could have put that lineup together too. Um, so the weekend of we, <laughs> weekend of we ran into a little bit of. Uh, so here's your pay. No, that's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this, and it was in some cases a much higher amount. Uh, oh jeez. So yeah. Oh, so no. that got that got us in a little bit of an issue, and then we had a. We had a sponsor that uh, dropped the ball significantly um, this last year. And that's actually the second time we've encountered that. Uh, Back in 2018, our title presenting sponsor literally dropped the ball 100%, paid nothing. Um, So this is like the second time we've had this issue with, yeah, kind of, you know. But but the thing is, is we're not we're not fire festival. We're not, you know, like the, and I'm going to throw them under the bus, the, the Willamette 
country music festival that happened out in Brownsville. Mm. They skipped town three years ago and 300K and have never looked back. They haven't paid anybody nothing. So here I am. This is the 10th anniversary of my event. And yeah, we had debt at the end of last year's show. A lot of shows have growing pains like that where, you know, but the good news is, is we've paid down about 80% of it and we'll have the rest taken care of here in the next couple of weeks. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn proud of that. You know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress. You catch a lot of heat. And when you're, when you're in a situation, and and here's the thing, people are reasonable. They understand coming off COVID, you did it in 90 days and you had a couple of circumstances. So most people were like, Hey, you know, you've, you've always been solid. So they've been willing to work with us. A couple of noisemakers, you know, there's always going to be someone who's last to get paid when a situation like that happens. Right. So I don't, uh, I don't fault those folks that made a little bit of noise there towards the end, but that's okay. The good news is, is like I pointed out, we're not fire festival. That, that show didn't even happen. We happened, you know, this is not, we're heading, this is going to be our 10th anniversary. So big, big, big difference. That's amazing, Uh, dude. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm yeah, shocked. That's awesome. That this is our tenth anniversary. You know, I mean the the two on two off stuff. This isn't our tenth show, but this is the tenth anniversary right. since we got going. And uh, to last that long through the adversity that we've had, I don't know how I did it in the first place. Let alone how anyone else would have. Um, right. A lot of nights staying up till three four in the morning, and then. The next day, pulling another 12. Uh, at some point, you start really believing in the mission, you know? Sure. And uh, I think that I think that really took a turn 2019 when we started looking into adding music education to it because we started having additional comments. I pay attention to everything, right? Just like the what Steve I really like comment, which led to the epiphany of, oh, it's perception. Okay, well, let's play into it, right? Mm-hmm. The comments that started coming in were you've inspired my kid to play guitar or I'm 65 years old and you inspired me to play guitar or, you know, I'm in a band and we played your show and that got us X. So I started seeing the ripple effect of what could be. And then I started, you know, you started doing things like you go and attend the NAM convention at first to gain sponsorships. And, hey, these are the people that are most likely to support a guitar festival, right? And then you start hearing the, once you're behind the curtain a little bit, you start hearing the industry folks talking. And, well, sales are down with young folks and people are doing digital and there's this, that, and the other. Oh, yeah. It's across the board with the manufacturers. And, of course, my thought process kept coming back to, well, what are you doing to actively engage? You know, you got things like the Fender Play program, online stuff. That's a great start. That's a perfect step because everything's moving to online. How else are you engaging? How are you inspiring? Not not just engaging, but inspiring, mm-hmm. right? And then and then Larry Mitchell got in my ear, and he said, "You know, I do the Vi.0 camp. I, I, some of these guys do rock and roll fantasy camp. You got the same guys here every year. If you combined a music experience event." with your festival would be like nothing in the country, you know? And so I got to give Larry credit. And, uh, I tell you if that's this, a cool idea. Well, and, and, and if we, we get this to a point where it's developed to where it's solvent, uh, Larry's probably gonna be getting himself a check every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, just, I just want to make an observation real quick as, as we're talking with Jason here, you notice that 
he's never once said, I'm getting this money or it's about me or it's about like, he's always, Jason's always putting somebody else first, whether it's an artist, whether it's a sponsor, whether it's a location or an event or a city, a whole entire city. I mean, and, and the cool thing about this is just your evolution from like seeing what is available and what is possible and then taking those two things and fusing them together as an opportunity and then being able to take that. And it's just like, it's just growing. And like you said, it's kind of like this podcast. Like it just, it just grows itself. The more people are like, Oh, I want to be on here. I want to do this kind of thing. Or somebody gets in and, and cause we played guitars under the stars, you know, it was a mm-hmm. great experience, wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Really cool to get all the families out and do this thing and just get out there and be, you know, especially around at the time of COVID too. Like it was amazing that that occurred. So yeah, I appreciate that about you, Ben. That's awesome. I I appreciate hearing that. It's something that I hope people observe about me. You know, if you're, if you are observant and you're flexible, then, then you absolutely can evolve. Right. Right. Um, Those are the keys, right? Um, Man, to say that I haven't evolved is, is a, Oh, such an understatement because, and I still continue to this day, you know, um, I'm again, very passionate and very defensive of the work. Um, you know, and I've got personal reasons too, you know, I mean, every once in a while I mention myself, um, you know, I've, I've invested quite a large sum of money and quite a bit of man hours and in, into something that I have never received a paycheck for, you know, um, I've wow. managed to continue to, find ways to, to do side stuff. I do a lot of eBay on the side so that I can, you know, buy dog food for my dog. That doesn't surprise Um, me. You seem very resourceful. Well, that's kind of the thing. Well, here's the thing. None of the money for the show belongs to me. It never has until Mm -hmm. the show is completely paid for and there's a profit left over. Then, then that's mine. But until everything is solvent and we're, and we're able to do this year after year and we're sustainable. None of that belongs to me. The intellectual property belongs to me. The mm-hmm. the the reward of you know doing for others and and uh, so like you know again we had the high school out and fundraised last year. They raised twenty five hundred dollars in two days. Great great outcome that that raised the total to ninety two hundred dollars that we've raised for the high school through programs we've done for them. Not bad, right? So I get that reward. Okay. That's awesome. And then that reward leads to the willingness for people to do things for me back to the, you know, I know a guy analogy. I you know, know a guy. so so as long as I'm continuing to provide situations that are beneficial for people, right? Now I've blown it. Oh boy. There's been and there's still people there's people out there that are mad at me right now. My band didn't do that well. My whatever. My my booth didn't make me money. I didn't get rich off your festival this weekend, so I'm mad at you. And, and, and I hate to boil it down and generalize that much because that's deflection, right? I'm culpable in some of that, right? There's, there's been times where the want to provide something so amazing that you're just beyond inspired. Well, if you fall short or if there's a low attendance or, you know, there's, there's details that are missed. Well, yeah, that is on me. Absolutely. Why not? I'll take that. And hopefully those folks circle back and stick with me because if you do, you're going to get, you're going to get a little more and a little more and a little more, you know? So one of the things that's developed right now through that whole 
that mentality of, of what can I do first? What can I receive second? Right. Yeah. So if I do, then obviously I'm going to receive something at some point. Right. And, and if I have enough people that I've done for, it's the idea of leaders eat last. Right. So right. I, the, the analogy that, uh, in the military, the guy in charge makes sure that everybody else has got a plate first, but you can guarantee those guys they're paying attention and they're going to make sure that he gets a plate too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but, but you have to be that way as a leader, right? Everybody else eats first. And then, and then if you've done well, enough of those folks are going to make sure that you're provided for as well. There's some that are going to think, well, I didn't get enough potatoes or whatever. And, <laughs> and, and you can't, there's nothing you can do about that. You know, yeah. you, you make more potatoes next time um, or, or whatever, you know? So one of the things that's developing right now is, um, it, it took a while to get the high school involved, for example. You know, the first time they came out was 2019. The first show was 2014. So that's a few years of, hey, come out and fundraise, and this will be good for you guys. Yeah. And them saying, oh, you're a rock and roll show. Like, we went to the country event, and people were losing teeth. And we had to take the kids home because, <laughs> you know, and that was, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Sure, but sure. I, but I heard some stories like that, right? So if it's that bad at the wholesome country show, eh, what you do rockers. you You rockers, you must be, you know, tattooing children's foreheads and shoving heroin in their arms or something. You know, like I don't I don't know what 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 the thought was, right? Sure, yeah. So it took years to get them to come out. And then finally in 2019 when they came out and fundraised, it was the dance team that that led the the charge. And their parents got their OLCC licenses and poured beer and took all the tips. No group had more fun than than those those parents. I'm telling you right now, you know. And when the show was over, they were like, "This is nothing like what we expected. Nothing. This was like a real concert." And I'm like, "Really? Because that's what we were going for—a <laughs> real concert, you know." And so it was it was really cool to break through that. And uh, you know, between the dance team, the swim club, the robotics team, and the music department, the robotics is an outside of school program, but they they still came out and fundraised. It was like sixty seven hundred bucks, you know, six thousand seven hundred. That that's was a, awesome. That's a in great, a weekend. That's a great weekend, you know, for for those programs. Meanwhile, I lost about fifteen grand on the festival. <laughs> but again, um, I, I I should rephrase that. I invested. Oh, there you go. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, I invested course. about fifteen grand in the future of the festival. <laughs> That's a better way to put it. So this last year, obviously coming off of COVID, ninety day head start from when the light switch was turned back on in Oregon, only the music department came out. It was hard to get. Oh, from the high school came out to guts. This yeah, year. there just okay. wasn't enough time. There just wasn't enough time. But they still, again, twenty five hundred bucks. You know, what a great outcome. That's not bad. So that opened the door for the conversation of. So you guys are doing music production as part of your camp. It's not just guitar, bass, and drum clinics and vocals. Yeah. So our camp is different. It's everything from how to brand your band. I call it adding the R. Right. How to turn your band into your brand. Right. So we talk about that stuff. We for the up and coming artists that are take part, you know, we want to talk about things like, you know, your standard guitar, bass and drum and vocal clinics where those artists are talking about everything from gear selection to influence to inspiration. Right. So 
Um, but then we also want to add stage sound lighting that most of the jobs in the industry are the guys behind the scenes, not the famous guy on the microphone. Right. right? Yeah. Very much so. That is what got the music department at Lebanon high interested. Aaron was like, you know, I got a ton of kids that are interested in music, but they don't play instruments. And I fall into that category. I have picked up a guitar. I don't know how many times foreign object like I, it just doesn't work in my hands right like it this doesn't work in my hands yeah. my brain doesn't work in that way right i love it oh give me you know i'll air gu- guitar the hell out of it right i'll, I'll enter an air guitar competition <laughs> give me a real one but i have no idea and i think a lot of people feel that way they love music it, it yeah. it's a it's a time stamp for things that occur in your life it's a it's a way to release tension. It's a way to feel joy. You know, there's so many things that music brings to people who aren't musicians themselves. Thank God for the musicians out there. Um, so to be able to bring a music production curriculum, I thought, well, God, that would be something next level, wouldn't it? So we started talking and uh, we have put in grant funding requests that are going to potentially make that happen now we got a uh so we got south albany high school involved lebanon high school crossroads community um through crossroads uh jackson street youth services and thuggy bear cares and this is going to allow us to provide a sunday program at cafe rock that's going to teach stage sound lighting uh we want to teach youtube content creation graphic arts all of the stuff that behind the scenes you have to do for music production i'm calling it you know, air quoting, yeah. because yeah. you know, there's everything from promotion to content creation to, to the actual show itself. You know, and there's so many things um, that you have to know how to do. Um, so it'll be a 12 week curriculum on a Sunday afternoon, two and a half hour program. Um, and here's the beautiful part: this is going to provide kids something positive and fun that they can really own on an off school day. Give them something to to keep them engaged, right? It also is going to provide them food. You know, they're going to get a meal at the cafe, order off of a menu, head home with a sack lunch. Oh, that's cool. Sure, it makes so them, gives them a, additional uh, nutritional uh, support, some autonomy, yeah, and in an, in an off school day as well, right? And then the fun kicks in, right? You're gonna, we're gonna set up, we're gonna bring bands in and do mock shows. The kids get to set it up. The band rocks out. The kids get to, you know, experience that whole thing. You know, I mean, and then. Then the summertime, all those kids that are enrolled in that throughout the year, they get to come out and be part of the camp and the bigger picture stuff. So we'll, and we'll also use the, and this segues into the uh, street events that I was uh, oh, telling yeah. you about. Yeah. So we've got three street fairs in front of Cafe Rock that we're going to do uh, June 17th, July 9th, and August 25th. The first one is Northwest Best Street Fest. And yes, I came up with that myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm clever sometimes. That's the best. It is. It is. The second one's going to be Northwest Concrete Country Fest because it's on the concrete. I'm very clever once again. Uh, and then the last one is Street Blues and Brews. You can probably tell that's going to be a blues event. Uh, but they're all going to be, the first one's all the best rock stuff we can get in the Northwest. So that'll be June 17th, Saturday. We'll start out with some beer tasting and some samplings and, and, you know, get the day started that way. Food, craft vendors, and then we'll get the music going uh, about four o'clock. And the idea is to run up until about 11 so we can, you know, 
the bands can play under the lights and have the, the video screens and all of that stuff. And that allows us to use those street events as an additional learning tool for those students that yeah. are enrolled, right? Now, this these first couple might not, because we got to get the curriculum going, but these are going to be annual events every year, those, those street events that'll give us three events downtown that'll bring additional tourism, uh, attention to the downtown businesses, another way for us to engage the kids that are involved in the production program, um, something f- for the public. I mean, you know, street fairs are fun. You know, I mean, the, the last... That's oh, a great uh, idea, man. That's oh, awesome. Oh, the, the Blues... The Bruce, what was it? The uh, Brewfest they did for the Boys and Girls Club a few years ago. They did it a few years in a row. Those were packed. People love those types of events, you know, and it's good for the downtown. Um so our goal is to hit on a bunch of different levels, you know, back to the show itself and the things that I started observing, you know, I view all of these things as circular. Okay. So with my goals it starts with the, the next generation, right? How do you engage? How do you inspire? Right. We talked about that. Yeah. So that's the first cog in the wheel. The next cog in the wheel or the, the, okay, n- now you're in a band. What, what do I do now? Well, I don't know. Uh, let's talk about it. <laughs> you know, are you ready? Do you have your graphics in line? What's your social looking like? Yeah. Um, you know, what's your prep? What gear are you using? You know, all those things are on the table for discussion. You know, we want to help. We know people. Um, and so you help those guys figure out direction. Okay. okay. Um, and, and you identify the ones that seem like they're, they're trending towards, Hey, we got to, we got six out of the 10 pieces, right. Or whatever, you know, what do I do with oh, these other sure, four? Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like we're, 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 we're kind of fledgling doing it. What, what do we do now? You know? Okay. You, you go right over here, come right over here, you know, and you help them out. The next cog in the wheel is, uh, your touring musicians, guys that are just gigging and gigging, you know, Larry Mitchell, Travis Larson, I'll throw guys like Gary Hoey in there and they're just all yeah. over the place. They're doing shows all the time. In my mind, if I'm going to be doing a camp for kids that's going to be in, engaging and in, in talking about, you know, regular clinic stuff, um, you know, you got a guy like Larry Mitchell out who can talk about, you know, product. He's got 26 awards as a producer, you know, so he can talk about other things. Right. So you get, you get all those things tied into this, this cog in the wheel and that middle part, though, those touring guys, why not? Why not have them be spokesmen? why not pay for them to go do clinics and stuff at, at locations around the country? You're helping those guys by providing them an extra paycheck. It's advertising for you. If I'm going to advertise on social, why not just spend the same two grand with Larry Mitchell to go do a guitar center clinic for me and talk mm. about our goals and, and, yeah. and further push the education stuff, talk about whatever is near and dear to his heart. Right. I want to start looking into doing that kind of stuff. Um, where are you guys out on tour? Okay. It looks like there's a, a, a guitar center or there's the, there's a music shop here. I'm going to get a hold of them and I'm going to pay you a fee to go be a spokesman for me. Right. Plus you're giving those guys uh, a show that they can count on every year that they can anchor on. And if God forbid we end up multiple stops, there you, you know, right. Yeah. So the next cog in the wheel after the touring guys is the, okay, we're ready. We started out as a band. We, we figured out all the fledgling stuff. We, we were hitting on six out of the 10 parts. Now we're hitting on 10 out of the 10. You know, we're ready. Okay, so you give them a spot. And that's like your Liliac, right? They were ready to go. Ready to go. They oh, just yeah. needed to be seen, you know? Now, I'm not tra- taking credit. 
for any of them and their success. I'm just saying I recognized it and right. was the first one to headline him and put him in a prime spot, right? So that's that's my eye for seeing what's about to be ready, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff, you know, and you yeah. find those and you put them there, right? And then the the next cog in the wheel is the known commodity. Your Lita Ford, your POD, your right. whoever you're going to put at the top to shine a light on the, the project, the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. I view local as the same, right? So your community, when you're bringing in those street shows, okay, where what other areas are we hitting on? Are we including the downtown association businesses? Are we bringing in food trucks? Are we, are we, what other, what other local businesses can we support? What is our message? Are we going to be all ages? I think we always should be all ages on all of our shows. Um, and that, and that can be problematic. You know, um, I think a 21 and over festival would have probably blown up faster. I probably would have made money quicker. Oh yeah. I also wouldn't have a zero incident track record with never a single police call. We've been a family-friendly show. We've advertised family-friendly, and the vibe is family-friendly, and we, we keep an eye on that, right? Yeah. You can't inspire who isn't there, right? Yeah, true. So true. you got to have the young folks there, right? So going back to, you know, uh, uh, viewing it as a circle, um, now the festival that has its own circle that I just described, well, the festival itself is just a circle in my local community activity. It, it's, oh, right. it's just a piece of that circle. So you got the festival, you got the cafe, you got the bands that we work with uh, on the weekends. You'll have the music education stuff. And you see where I'm going with this, how it all mm-hmm. just kind of ties back into and benefits each other. So that's that's kind of, and like I said, observation and flexibility has made that organic growth just happen. You know, like. Yeah, that's cool. So I've got a succulent at home on my windowsill that I got at a seminar a few years ago. And it came in a little two by inch, you know, two by two potter, right? Yeah. And it was about the size of my thumb. That thing's hanging off the windowsill, ah, right? It's, ready for it, a new it, pot. It's, it's huge. I didn't have anything to do with that except to add water. It organically became what it is, right? That's kind of what this is, right? And 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 it's getting to the point where I looked at that succulent the other day, and I had to ask myself: as the show is starting to grow now, and it's starting to branch out into things like music education you know we're not just a concert anymore you know we're we do hit on those areas yeah we're bringing in tourism we're gonna we're gonna continue to do that stuff but as it branches out and it grows well what needs to happen to that you know it needs to get into a bigger potter right so then i asked myself well what am i which which am i in this equation am i the succulent or am i the two by two inch potter i'm probably the potter Right. Yeah. Okay. The the project in the show is the succulent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to find a way to to get that into a, a it's it's new home, it's new container. Part of that process is adding to my team. Right. So we've added some folks to the team that have been helping out. Chad, the owner of the cafe, has been instrumental. You know, obviously, Ed Deshrant still part of the project. Yeah. Um, we've got some of their folks locally that have been stepping up to the plate and we'll keep adding to that. Right. That's the, the, the bigger potter. And I, I worried at first that, you know, as you put the succulent into a new potter, well, what happens to the old two by inch potter, the little guy, you know, well, it doesn't need to get thrown away. Right. Those things are biodegradable. 
Right. They're can... made to be put into new soil, into a bigger potter and become part of the new pot. Yeah. Right. So I, I had to come to that realization too, that I can let go and bring people into the team that can help. Right. And that's been a process and I don't have to throw away any part of myself. It just morphs and right. becomes part of yeah. the new, the new form of what you are. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, observation and uh, being willing to be flexible allows yeah. for that organic growth. Yeah, beautifully put, man. Beautifully so, put. Every once in a while, I get on a roll. I had my caffeine this morning. So, how did you get? How, how did you come about um, working with Cafe Rock? Had, was that kind of like? Were you part of the original people that sort of opened it, or, or again did? organic? They reached out to me. Apparently, the owner had been watching my activity for a couple of years, and then when they acquired Cafe Rock, they reached out to want to be a sponsor, and it was just a good fit. So, I've been doing booking for them. Um, And, you know, it's interesting, you know, in years past, I've had people ask, well, how come you don't do other shows throughout the year? Because the big one took 365 days to put together with a team of two. People don't, people don't understand how difficult booking can be. Oh, even, even, even if you have a commodity that people want. Yes. So, so here's what happens. Um, and I made a meme to illustrate it. Um, I made a meme that shows some cowboys on the range and they are coming over the hill on their horses and they are chasing a herd of cats and they're trying to lasso up these cats, right? Now, now imagine your lasso is made out of yarn. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. that's, yeah, that's kind of like booking. booking, yes. That's booking. Yes, that's, we've yeah. let the public know what, uh, <laughs> what booking truly is. So it's it can be difficult. You got a, a lot of moving parts. Everything that comes across my desk, especially for the festival, I have to look at how does it affect the other moving parts? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do I already have something in this, whether it's a sponsor, do I already have some in this category? Are they expecting exclusivity? If not, how do I break it to them that they didn't pay for it? And I'm now going to take this other guy's money and plop them right next to him. Cause even without that upfront agreement that they're exclusive, they'll still be mad at me. I, I catch all of the love and all of the hate for every decision that is made, okay? So the there, there's a couple things I have to consider. One, does it raise my insurance? If the answer is no, okay, proceed. Uh, two, does it affect my mission with kids? No, okay, proceed. Three, do I already have something going in that category? And is that something going? Have they, are, are they an immovable object because there's something or someone who is gone over the top to support me and there's no way you're nudging them off the hill because I'm loyal you know um, so there's there's all these things that I have to consider when something comes across my desk right so forward motion as you're dragging this bag of everything yeah yeah, yeah. right that's yeah. The, that's the way to look at it right so you got this bag of everything you got to drag forward to the next thing you're considering okay that's yeah. the nature of the difficulty of it yeah, you know so it's a tough one and you're never going to please everybody. You know, I currently have people mad at me. It is what it is. You, you do your best. You circle back. You try to do better. You'd be observant. You'd be flexible. Sure. Well, you're also doing it with integrity too. And that, that is, it, it's easy to, t- it's easy to tell that you're a very authentic person and you know, you mean well, there's only what you can do. And you know, there it is question though, real quick. And we don't have to 
really go down this road unless you're I'm I'm just personally interested. So you do some booking for Cafe Rock, yes. right? And do you do their posters as well? I do, and that's one of the things that you noticed the posters, did you? Well, I I uh, yeah, I've got a thing for uh, I don't know, let's let's just call it Web 3.0. Okay. Right. Okay. Like that's kind of my, I just moved us on to podcasting 2.0. I'll show you wh- what that means here in a minute. Sure. But, uh, but I was very curious about what you use to uh, generate the, the posters. I am a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Um, so you're, you're, you're not a prompt engineer. Uh, no, I am. Uh, so here's the thing. I have 30 hats that I wear. Right. So here's what I try to do. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a graphic artist. Okay. And I don't claim to be. So I cheat a little bit, and I've, I've used some of the AI programs to help generate some initial images. There's still a ton of editing to do after oh, that. Oh, sure, sure, of course. You know, um, I think my strength and the reason that the posters are well-received is layout, balance, color palette. Those are the types of things when we go to teach the, the kids how to do promotional stuff. That's the area where I'm going to be teaching is... You know, again, layout, color palette, balance, making sure things flow, uh, choosing a... So let's say that I, I, I come up with an image that I like or a theme. Well, I'll start there. A theme that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Within that theme, I still have to choose an image that has areas of it that are usable for a poster. You know, right. you have to have light areas, dark areas, areas where text can be placed without taking away from the overall image that you're using right you don't want to be laying over stuff you don't want to be busy you know there's there's all these things to consider right so you come up with your theme then you come up with your base art and from that base art you choose stuff that has the elements that i just described light areas dark areas areas that can be used to for balance and then you insert your assets and then when you put your assets in again it comes back to color palette and balance and and you know sizing and and all of that stuff comes into play right yeah. as you, you do know. and you do it enough times you'll you, you, naturally get see where the eye draws and, and that sort of stuff and that's eye. and that's my strength now there's uh, a local graphic artist that that throws up in her mouth a little bit every time i talk about the ai stuff sure but she's she does actually understand and she's going to be coming in and helping teach the kids the analog version, I'm going to call it, right? Because you got yeah. your analog and your digital in the music world, right? And there's there's your guys that are, I'm still old school analog and I'm, I'm always going to be that way when I record and you know what I mean? So there's yeah. your graphic artists out there that are, that are freaking out right now because this AI stuff exists. If I was them, I would be using it as a tool. So what do you actually use? Oh, it's, it's a uh, mid journey. Um, oh, okay. I'm again, su- huge fan of mid journey. I, yep. One of the few subscriptions yeah. I pay for. Yeah. But, uh, well, so, and to, and to that, Jason, I would say this. There's also so much more expected of us as musicians. And to make this round package, you're absolutely right. Like, using it as a tool is just one little element. Just like crypto is, just like podcasting 2.0 is. It's yep. just, we're at the precipice right now where things are, and again, it's not justification just for, for using that. I mean, I just like it because I can generate quickly the exact same image that I need for YouTube, which is completely the different 16-9 and 9-16 ratio than a poster is. Sure. So I was just, when I saw those, I was kind of like, okay, somebody knows what they're doing. They, they know what to prompt to get what it is. Now, 
if you're like me, that could take you 88 times yes. to actually get it. Cause my, you know, it's just, it's kind of like when a, when a band you really like puts out a, a music video and the music video is just like them playing in a parking lot. You're like, right. it was so much better in my head, right. you know? Like, right. And so, uh, and so, yeah, to get to get to that is is definitely you know whatever whatever means. One of the things that I had to learn, and this was you know I was hear my grandpa in the back of my head, you know, because there's so many moving parts to the festival. I remember having uh, lunch with uh, the director of the Jamboree on Sweden. And they're they're big, you know, fifteen thousand people a day. Yeah, that's a country right. one, isn't it? Yeah, that's the country gigantic, right? huh? So they're you know we've we've had four thousand people is the most we've had on the weekend at our show, right? Yeah. So they're you know three point something, you know, four times our yeah, size, yeah. right? But the job is the same. The lead up is the same. Mm-hmm. Everything I have to do is the same, right? We just don't have half a million dollar headliner. Our budget is just less, right? Right, sure. But talking with Robert, he was like, well, who does your booking? Me. Who does your social? Me. You know, at the, at the time, I was even doing graphics at that particular meeting. Uh, you know, there was uh, there was one year where Jeff wasn't working with me. And I, oh. I literally did the festival 100% with volunteer work the weekend of, and the entire lead up was me. You know, and so Robert was like, God, I have like 30 people doing what you do. How do you do that? And I said, well, why do you need 30 people? Like, <laughs> I need, didn't you see the hats need, in my car. Yeah. didn't see all the hats. No, I need like four of me and I could, I could, right. but I, but here's the thing though. You get to that scale. You start getting to where, yeah. Right. Yeah. If we're doing 15,000 people and we're doing half a million dollar headliners, which I really don't ever want to get to that point, to be honest with you. Uh, I would love to fill the park, I think that you know hitting the the seventeen thousand five hundred capacity is is perfect. Yeah, that would be that would be great. So at the camping area, it's what did you say seventeen five? Yeah. So the capacity for that venue and the and the permit is they do fifteen thousand people there at Strawberry Festival. So the park oh, right. will hold it. The okay. park will hold it, and the county permit is seventeen thousand five hundred. Hmm. We just have never pulled that many people. I would love to do that, but what I don't want to do is. I don't want to start having people expect that our festival is going to be nothing but known headliners, nothing but known names. And it's going to be like, you know, all these other festivals you see where any band on the bill could be a headliner at anything, anywhere. And they all are super expensive. And you've heard of every single bit of it. That's not at all what we're trying to create with Guitars of the Stars. Think American Idol. No, you haven't heard of them. But you know darn well when you tune in <laughs> that they've produced, you know, Carrie Underwood and all these. Oh, yeah. Right. No, so think of the names. Yeah. Right. Sure. So nobody would heard of her before that, you know. So our goal with our festival is to to complete the circle, like we said. If I start just shoving known names on the bill, what does that push off? That push us, pushes off the, the lily acts that are the next up. Yeah. That pushes off the yeah. touring musicians that are that are looking for, you know, steady paychecks and, and deserve it because they're phenomenal. You know, that pushes off the, the next up and comers that, that we're trying to show the business to. And that pushes out the kids. Right. Right. So and the other thing that it does is it pushes sustainability further down the road every year. So if every year you fall to what's known as fan expectation, 
So last year you had this headliner. This year it's going to be even bigger. And next year it's going to be Elvis lead singing for the Beatles somehow. <laughs> right? You What happens is, is, so you had more people come out. But then you ramped up your cost on this big headliner to appease them. And then you had more people come out. But you ramped up your cost. So you don't push any closer to sustainability as an event. Unless you're Danny Wimmer and you're starting out with millions of dollars and you're going to own every festival across the country, um, you're going to have, you're, you're always going to be chasing sustainability. We want to get to a point of sustainability by people understanding who and what we are. Okay. Yep. We're going to give you known commodities at the top of that bill. We're going to reward you for coming out and supporting our mission to support those up and coming artists, to inspire those kids, to to provide a place for those touring musicians to have a home and to throw down and do what they do. Cause we're talking about professionals, right? Yeah. Like legitimate professionals that'll make you the hair on the back of your arm stand up. And every year, what I hear from people, I've heard this every year. I never heard of them. And it's almost like they're mad at me. <laughs> you know, like, how dare you expose, how me, to dare you to expose me to something new? And then after the show's over, are they coming back? Now, hold on. Time out. I thought you never heard of them. <laughs> so you That's liked awesome. them. Okay. And the ones that we brought out last year, you liked. So I finally started seeing comments um, from fans who've come to the show year after year. And that's one of the things that has been, you know, it's a feature, not a bug now. Okay. Right. Yeah. Where people have finally started to recognize and say in the comments of, one of the things that I love about this show is every year I come out and I get exposed to something that I would have never known about that is totally amazing, right? And I'll give you an example. I got an email from a 66-year-old lady, and it started out, I'd never heard of Canadian power metal. <laughs> <laughs> she was talking about Unleash the Archers, Britney Slays in that, in that outfit, right? And, uh, and I remember as I got into that far into the email, I thought when I booked him, I'd never heard of Canadian power metal either, ma'am. <laughs> I'd awesome. heard of power metal, not Canadian. <laughs> you know? It's a special so, blend of power metal. So she was going on about what an amazing voice that woman had. And I would have never thought that I would have liked that type of music. I watch all their videos now. I follow her podcast. So That's those cool. are, I mean, so we're talking about exposing someone to something real that they, that they felt and they walked away with that going, I didn't know that that even existed in this world. And I absolutely love it. You That's, know? Cool. That's cool. So if you can, if you can have stuff like that, where you can have a 66 year old woman, all of a sudden be a Canadian power metal fan after a weekend at my show, then I think almost anything That's should awesome. be possible. Right. So, uh, I guess to wrap it up, are you doing guts this year? Yeah, so we are going to be to the 26th to the 29th for the camp, and the last two days of that is the festival itself. Oh, okay. So the first two days, the way that, the way that our camp works, the first two days are all our clinics and, and behind-the-scenes stuff where mm -hmm. they're hanging out with artists. And then on Friday and Saturday is the show itself. So this year's going to be pretty amazing, and I'm going to go ahead and just let the cat out of the bag. Do it. So we've got... Uh, we got Greg Howe and Stu Ham. They're going to headline on Friday night. And uh, Stu Ham 
for those of you who don't know, uh, known as the best bass player on the planet. Incredible bass player. Incredible bass player. Um, He's toured with Steve I and Joe Satriani. He is now part of the Greg Howe Band and will be touring with Greg Howe. And if you don't know Greg Howe, man. So Greg Howe, uh, he's he's toured with Michael Jackson and Enrique Iglesias. He was originally known as... uh, all instrumental shred metal guitarist. Right. It's interesting that all these pop guys always hire the the metal guys, right? But Greg, uh, there's a reason Stu's touring with him. So you heard me mention Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. Greg is right on that level. So that's going to be a fantastic show. Nice. We also have Jeremiah Johnson on a national blues tour that's going to be playing that oh, night wow. earlier in the evening. Ty Curtis, uh, Larry Mitchell's on that night. And we'll be ending the night with an our with the All Star Jam that's going to feature all of our instructors, and we're talking George Lynch from Dokken, the Apiece Brothers. Both of them are playing on Saturday night, so oh, wow. George Lynch and Lynch Mob are going to be out. Uh, the Apiece Brothers are coming out doing their set, where a good portion of it is you know Dio tribute stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, they were tied deeply with all of his right. work. That's right. Uh, you know, and. You know, and then Carmine was with Rod Stewart, so they they do some of that stuff as well. And it's kind of a ensemble, you know, as far as the the songs that are are put out th- through that set. And then earlier in the day, we've got some really solid local stuff: Nixon Rodeo, Robert Anthony Robinson. There's a slew of stuff we're going to be announcing for for that Saturday. We're going to do a Thursday night uh, free show. And we're going to feature some of the best Northwest stuff that we have so that they have an opportunity to play under the lights on, you know. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. Well, a lot of the Northwest bands that have played traditionally have been during the day. Yeah. And, yeah, you get to say I played on the same stage with or on the same bill with, but the crowd isn't as big and the lights aren't on and it's just not the same, man. So Thursday night, you know, some of those artists that have come out and supported us in the past – that have been day bands, they're going to get that opportunity to throw down like the big boys do. And, and it's going to be fun for them. It's going to be fun for us too, you know? So there'll be three nights of music, um, 27th, 28th, 29th that are, that are available and open to the public. Uh, and then again, there's going to be the the street shows that we talked about. So June Mm -hmm. 17th, that's a Saturday event and that's going to be the Northwest best street fest. And that's going to be headlined by Henry's Child. Henry's Child's going to play that. Uh, yep, and Seven yep. Second Circle. Yep, Seven Second Circle. Uh, some other fantastic bands on that bill as well. Um, Sad Reason uh, is going to be playing oh, that, yeah, okay. the the Mad Season tribute. Mm-hmm. Those guys make the hair on the back of my neck stand up in my arms, man. What a, what, a, what a great show yeah. they put on, right? Uh, also have a – now, this one's really interesting to me. A band called Boundless Joy out of Salem. Okay. And that is the uh, original drummer from White Zombie. That's his band. And oh, cool. so he lives here in Salem mm-hmm. and he started this new group and they're tight. What a tight outfit. Uh, nice. The music is hard rock, clean vocals, just very, very well done. So those guys are going to be on, I, I believe, right before Henry's. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, direct support. So that's going to be great. Seven Second Circle on that day, Minor Anomaly on that day, Sweater for an Astronaut on that day. Um, so that's that going to be a Northwest a, show. That's, that's awesome. going to be a packed, yeah, Northwest show. Uh, and then on uh, July 9th, that's going to be a Sunday event. We've got uh, some country outfits coming through. Uh, Haystack coming through on a, a national tour. And he does kind of that country rap stuff. 
it's really well done. He's got huh. a he's okay. got one one video on YouTube's got over nine million views. Wow! Um, so you know, pretty pretty cool. Uh, and then he's got a, a young fellow named Chris Taylor coming through with him. That this kid's got a voice, man. This kid can he can sing. His songs are very well written. So we'll be announcing this coming week all those street events. You'll see all of the the lineups and everything. Uh, August twenty fifth will be Jeremiah Johnson, Ty Curtis, Mets Ryan Collins out of Portland. And uh, if you guys don't know Mets Ryan Collins, that band is fantastic. So it's the fellows that own Five Star Guitar in Portland. Oh, okay. Joff yeah. Metz and, and crew. And uh, those guys are amazing. Joff is uh, a good friend of mine, and he's uh, he's someone I admire a lot. You know, Joff is uh, – I've, I've followed him for years now. He's spoken in front of Congress uh, talking about music education and the importance of it and pushing for that. Um, so that's something that obviously is near and dear to my heart. I, I see him every year at the NAM convention. You know, he's he's walking the walk and talking the talk. So I love Joff Metz and his band, Metz Ryan Collins, is good. Um, they got a song on YouTube, look it up, called Oregon. And that song is is uh, featured at Blazer Games up in Portland. Oh, cool. Well, um, we'll, so, uh, we'll put the link in, in this uh, description for yeah, sure. Yeah, so def- definitely worth uh, checking that out. Nice. But yeah, we got some good stuff coming up, and I appreciate cool. you having us come on to talk about it. I look forward to Henry's Child throwing down at the Northwest Best Street Fest. Yeah, we'll have the the lights on and the video screens rolling and the big PA going and and Sweet. a packed crowd. It, it's going to be fantastic. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming out, Jason. Appreciate it. Thank you. And throw down we shall. That's right. June seventeenth in Lebanon, we'll be right in front of Cafe Rock, like he said, on the big stage with the video monitors and all kinds of good stuff. Doing the one thing that we love to do, which is play music for you and see your beautiful face. So please show up to that show. It'll be a great way to kick off summer and uh, have a little bit of fellowship together, my friend. Listen, if you're not already subscribed to the Henry's Child newsletter list, go to our website, henryschild.com, leave your first name and email address, and you will be part of this Henry's Child tribe. And as you heard on the podcast, it's double duty for both Henry's Child and Seven Second Circle. Take care of yourself and those you love. We will see you June 17th in Lebanon. It came out my mouth.